0: Hello, everybody.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Unfiltered Supporter Show for episode 101. Hey there, Mr. Chase Nunes.
2: Hey, Mr. Chris Fisher. Hey. Didn't hey. I just see you a little while ago? No. Oh, okay. Uh, somebody else. Oh, okay. Wow. That guy was here early this morning. Uh, I know. I mean, because he is definitely not a morning guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope he's an evening guy because now it's time for our nighttime show. Uh, good evening, everybody. Let's check the traffic and weather uh, on your commute home. Oh, wait, different show. Jeez,
1: I'm so mixed up these days. I can't even tell you if this is the second show of the day for me or the third show. I guess this is only the second show. Wednesdays are crazy. I've been a clipping machine today. One of these hard ones, too, where you got, like, all this sad stuff. But doesn't I mean we can't start out with a... I got a uh, oh this first clip is audio only so maybe we should start with the audio only one and then the rest of all the supporter show clips are video
2: okay yeah get the get get that out of the way
1: but you'll like this one so not only do you remember uh, last week when we talked about that uh, a newspaper columnist who went to Colorado on a pot tour had a candy bar and got oh, so stoned Oh, yeah he was so gone she yeah. it was a she I think and she uh, she just said you know we need to reform the marijuana laws this is inexcusable well MSNBC picked up on it. And uh, they actually ended up dropping the F-bomb on air when what? discussing it. Now, not that they were playing a clip, but they made it on air, and I got a copy of it. This is a great rant against that. So we'll play that here at the beginning. it will get our audio one out of the way, and then we'll play some video Oops. clips. Here All we right. go.
3: Here, here, here. You know Hit what, it. You know what, You know what, Chase? I say, here we go. Here we go. Years ago, I was dating the woman who would have become my wife, and our Sunday mornings were peaceful. We'd curl up on the couch, and I'd read Maureen Dowd's column to her, loving Moe's witty put-downs of the powerful—
4: Looking back, you have to wonder if Rummy and Saddam were in two completely different movies. Rummy starring in a heroic war adventure like Sands of Iwo Jima, while Saddam was scheming in a slick heist caper like Ocean's Eleven, with a soundtrack by Frank Sinatra using the Iraqi dictator's favorite song, Strangers in the Night.
3: That was a long time ago. We're married with kids now, so our Sunday mornings are sweet but chaotic and... We don't read Moe's column out loud anymore. I mean, did you read about Moe's adventure in Weedland?
4: I felt a scary shudder go through my body and my brain. I barely made it from the desk to the bed where I lay curled up in a hallucinatory state for the next eight hours. I strained to remember where I was or even what I was wearing, touching my green corduroy jeans and staring at the exposed brick wall as my paranoia deepened. I became convinced that I had died and no one was telling me.
3: Green jeans? Really? But I digress. I hope her column does not do to the national weed legalization conversation what that candy bar did to her. That is, paralyze it because of an overdose. Down put too much THC in her body and now she's putting too much fear in the body politic. She left from her bad trip to a rise in crime in Colorado, which many dispute, and linked marijuana to a husband shooting his wife leaving out that he'd also taken prescription pain meds and also the whole access to a handgun thing. But the idea Idea that Dowd, weed newbie, ignored the advice she was given by her weed tour guide, Map Brown, and ate too much and had a bad trip, and thus the weed industry is the one that needs to reform is a sort of thought process that leads to warning labels on everything, thus eliminating the need for common sense.
1: That was your point. That was your point. Of course, you made it a week ago. Well, they
2: he just, you know, he just listened. He just to got the caught up. He was behind. Well, well, he was behind in his podcast yeah. subscription. Yeah, that happens. I yeah
5: thing is, you know, when it comes to something like alcohol, people have been around it their whole life. So they know that something like whiskey, it's 80 proof. They understand that that's uh, something that's more potent than say beer or a glass of wine. And then they, they adjust accordingly. When it comes to something like marijuana, particularly edible products, a lot of people just aren't quite aware of exactly how much they want to use.
3: Now, a bad trip is not necessarily an entirely bad thing. I suspect Mo found herself wrestling with sensory overload and perceived it as a traumatic life experience, but... Now, this next part, I was kind of
1: surprised they took this route on national TV. You know, hey, man, sometimes a bad trip's good for you. Like, that's honestly, like, something that, like, is actually, for some people, a good life you know, experience. It's a good introspective experience. You never would really expect mainstream media to say that, though, because you're not supposed to talk about stuff like that. It's all supposed to be taboo. As the Zendo Project's
3: Harm Reduction Manual says,
4: Difficult psychedelic experiences can be frightening, but they also are potentially among the most valuable experiences someone can have. By working with these experiences, the psychedelic user can make a difficult psychedelic experience a chance for personal growth.
3: They say, a true psychedelic experience Even a bad trip is sacred but, but more than that I'll take 10,000 newbies going too far Too fast and ending up curled on their bed For hours and then moving on With their lives over what we have now Which is millions of non-violent Marijuana users going to jail And having their lives wrecked That is not an opportunity For personal growth exactly. Hey if Mo wants to try again She should call Dave Chappelle He's down Here it comes. Now on I smoke weed exclusively with white people. (laughs) Calm down, motherfuckers. You win by default.
6: (laughs) You got good weed conversation.
3: All white people talk about when they get high is other times that they got high. All right, that does it for The Cycle. Now with Alex Wagner is next.
7: Is Is next. next.
1: Anyways, that's our audio-only clip for Clip
2: the of the day. Oh, I'm sorry. That's a different show. Do they still do that? I haven't listened to them in a while. My oh, commute's oh, yeah. really short. Yeah,
1: yeah, they do. Uh, all right. I got one. one we're going to go. Uh, we'll stick here in the U.S. for a little bit. How about uh, FDA approves using radiation to sterilize your food?
8: You want radiation with that? Well, the FDA has now approved a process to radiate food. To kill bacteria. But it seems the idea is also killing some people's appetites. Oh. Jonathan Surrey is live in
5: Atlanta
9: That's with more awesome details rake. on that. So
5: we'll go to the shelves. What are we going to get, Jonathan? Look go- at
1: this guy. Look at this
5: guy.
9: <laughs> it depends. Oh. Well, Eric, the CDC estimates that each year uh, a foodborne illness causes one in six Americans to get sick and 3,000 to die. That's in just a year. So proponents say it's time to give food irradiation a serious look. Watch. Okay. Treating food with radiation has been slow to catch on in the U.S., but Gateway America officials believe their new facility in Gulfport, Mississippi, is on the cusp of a trend in preventing foodborne
0: illness. Definitely life-saving. I believe that we're currently saving lives now. The
9: food, in this case, raw oysters, is placed inside these large metal containers and then dipped into this pool of water. At the bottom of the pool is radioactive cobalt. The cobalt emits gamma rays which kill bacteria, insects, and parasites without making the food radioactive. But irradiation still has its critics.
4: Are we giving the wrong incentive to food producers like meat companies that they don't have to be careful about contamination and bacteria because they can just at the end of the line. FDA
9: officials insist food irradiation is not intended as a replacement for sanitary conditions.
3: We expect food manufacturers and handlers to continue to to follow good practices in terms of handling, temperature control, etc. with the food.
0: And I believe if the consumer was informed uh, to the benefits of irradiation, they would embrace it.
9: And chances are you've already consumed irradiated foods. Omaha Steaks is very public about the fact that it irradiates all of its ground beef to protect consumers. And most spices are irradiated, although they don't have to be labeled as such if they're used as ingredients in a non-irradiated food product. So it's all very complicated. Eric? All right. Put on my radiation suit and get the
1: Geiger
5: counter in the kitchen.
1: (laughs) And I like, uh, yeah, check actually, out uh, check out Tech Dragon. what a douche. He's like, because we talked about the subject at all, we must
2: be criticizing it
1: right now. Wait,
2: Like, look wait. at this. You know what? I, was, what? I was just about to say something. I know. No, not about this. You guys shouldn't criticize no, it. No. It's amazing technology. Wait, hold on, hold on. I wasn't even looking at the chat, and here's what I was going oh, to no, say. Oh, no, I am. I'm not talking about no, what I you're know, saying. No. I know, but here's what I was about to say. I think this is incredible technology. I think this is a good thing. I really do. I think people just assume that we're a bunch of dicks or something. But I was just about to say that I thought this was a good thing, and now I can't say that because if I do say that, someone might think that I'm being influenced by the chat room. But I honestly, to goodness, feel that this kind of improved technology... He says he
1: wasn't talking to us.
2: Okay, fair enough. All right. I don't... But, no, but I was, let me just say let me just say that I think this kind of technology is a good thing, and I think the message needs to be getting out there that like, when you look at these anchors on Fox News... That make these, uh, you know, oh, I gotta get out oh, my like radiation counter. I mean, that kind of that's kind of that fear-based kind of a situation, where it misinforms people. This is a safe process, and if it makes our food less susceptible to being contaminated, isn't that a good thing?
1: Well, and if you don't like it, buy it from your local butcher. Right. I mean, that's really what that's what it comes down to is, if you want if you want mass marketed, produced meat then, you know, you should probably also want the safeties that come with that particular kind of product. They're I doing it want, for a reason.
2: I would want every sort of checks and balance and safety protocol in the food that I eat, wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, come on.
1: Right on. Right on. Oh, you know what? I do have a couple more U.S. of A. Uh, just because this one's a good one, and I think this is our one that people outside the U.S. Would like to pick on us for. What do you? Have you notice this damn militarization of our police force?
2: Oh, oh yeah. Well, you know, like uh, that that awful shooting that happened in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. You know, the SWAT team got mm-hmm. called in. Mm-hmm. Why are they wearing all camo? Oh, that's what they do now. Yeah. Well, this clip will go into that a little
1: bit.
10: Weapons, uniforms, trucks, even mine-resistant vehicles used in Iraq and Afghanistan are seeing a second life in U.S. police departments. So she
1: just said it right there, including even uniforms. Yeah.
10: According to the Indiana Department of Administration, last year alone, the state saved approximately 14 million dollars, and this year it's set to save around 13 million. Indiana law enforcement officials say the new gear is needed to protect the public from increasingly heavily armed. Criminals. Joining us today is John Whitehead, president of the Rutherford Institute and author of *A Government of Wolves: The Emerging American*. Police I wonder how State. he feels about it. So <laughs> <the product. laughs> Jeez. Now, according to these jurisdictions, using anti-mine vehicles, uh, etc., one officer offered this reason for for uh, their need for more sophisticated weaponry. Sergeant Dan Downing of the Morgan County Sheriff's Department stated, "...the weaponry is totally different now than it was in the beginning of my career. Plus, you have a lot of people who are coming out of the military that have the ability and knowledge to build IEDs and to defeat law enforcement techniques." Serge- so are they
1: worried that veterans are going to form some sort of revolt and 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 create roadside bombs and that the police force will a be fighting these veterans
2: and b have to be defending themselves from IEDs? At the first part of the statement, I was it was sinking into me, oh they're going to explain the reason why they're getting this equipment is former military going to come join the police force. Right. That's but what then, I thought they were going to say, too. Right. <laughs> and, and then all of a sudden it starts continue- I was like, like yeah. no, that's not what it says. No, I thought
1: they were going to be like, yeah, well, we have these people coming and they know how yeah, to they use know it. know how to use this yeah. equipment. <laughs> no. No, we're no. worried they're going to attack us. Like That doesn't happen. Well, I think that's some good insight into wh- how they feel about the veterans right there. And Downing's
10: wow. concerns legitimate, in your opinion, about returning veterans.
11: Not what I see. It sounds like paranoia to me. Like there was an Indiana sheriff who recently said he needed an MRAP, which is the mind-resistant armored protection vehicle, which is 25,000 pounds and 25 foot long, and basically a tank. That he uh, that America was in a war zone now. Uh, If that's true, then we're in we're in a bad state of affairs because if we're in a war zone, it means that the police are the military. Uh, which means that uh, the American citizen are enemy combatants. That's the new paradigm, in my opinion. If if that's the way the police are viewing us, we're in trouble. But no, I uh, working with military veterans across the spectrum, from the Air Force to the Marines. I don't see any of that. No, most of them don't own weapons, and many of them can't own weapons because of the fact that they they are. Uh, military personnel. We we had the case of Brandon Robb, a 26-year-old Marine who was snatched from his home by a Secret Service, Department of Homeland Security, because of his Facebook post, anti-Obama Facebook post. By the way, uh, he didn't even own a weapon. They didn't have the the wherewithal to even get a search warrant to find out. And he was put in a mental hospital. We filed a suit and got him out. But I mean, he didn't even have a weapon. Hmm. And many of the Marines I know and people coming back, no, they're very pro-America. And they don't. Run, and many of the crazy incidences that we've seen. Bang, bang, shoot, shoot, and all the stuff. They haven't been military veterans, so right. uh, I see a lot of paranoia about veterans, and I don't like that. And I, if it's used as an excuse to arm police like they're, in, you know, like the people in Afghanistan, then we got a problem.
1: And you know what's going to be more interesting about that is some of the conversations we're going to get into in today's episode around the recent shootings and um, some of the new rhetoric that's being used. Yep. Oh boy, Ooh, that's heavy. That's heavy.
2: But man, I mean. I- We're seeing it all the time, the militarization of of police departments. Granted, they're picking up old equipment, but some of the stuff, some of their attitudes is being kind of, I don't know, glossed over a little bit. Got to look out for that.
1: All right. Should we talk a little bit about big guns? How about some NATO war games? Russia and NATO are flexing their muscles by uh, showing off right next to each other. Hey,
2: Chris, give these people guns. Just give them some guns. Just give them some guns. They need
1: guns. You know, it's come out we actually have been providing deadly aid. Oh, that's weird. The United
2: States is expanding its military presence in Europe, sending a pair of B two stealth bombers to the Baltic region. Uh, Ah, we have a few. Part in the second major NATO exercise in the area. In just the space of two months, to get more on this, I'm joined live by security analyst Michael Malouf. Good afternoon, Doesn't to it you, Michael. Doesn't like Locke from um, Lost? It is just two months, as I just uh, mentioned. Man. NATO sending
3: reinforcements to Eastern Europe. They include warships and fighter planes. Is this just show? Will they really use them? What's the goal here?
5: Well, I think it's a show of uh, oh. f- uh, force. Uh, in, on the one hand, it's to, to engage in uh, it, it, exercises. Uh, military exercises—it's to send a message more than to show armed might—and I think it—it's uh, a prelude to the United States come evolving a, a new policy approach toward Russia, uh, working with the allies to extend a, a perhaps a new defense line from Poland down to, uh, mm-hmm. to Azerbaijan, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, they're, they're, the the idea is to. Try and protect those areas and, and, and show that there is a commitment. Now, I think that uh, because we lack resources in that region, it's, it would take a considerable amount of effort to uh, bring in uh, many military forces there. Certainly, the Europeans do not have the, uh, the uh, have not lived up to their NATO commitments and have not uh, uh, provided uh, the necessary uh, manpower and, and equipment and kept it updated.
1: So it's all on us, and we're going to keep <laughs> pushing it forward. Jeez. All right, Mr. Chase. All right. While we're on the uh, Ukraine and Putin area, uh, guess who uh, got Buddy Buddy recently? Hmm. One of my beer friends? Uh, your beer buddy, Putin.
2: No, no. Actually, he's not my beer buddy. He's more my bear fighting buddy. Oh, that's right. And yeah, your and golf it, buddy, it, Barry. And, and, yeah. Well, they got together.
11: actually, I played basketball with Barry.
1: They passed notes in class, and then they uh, met up at recess. Our
11: top story this morning, a possible diplomatic breakthrough in the crisis in Ukraine. President Obama returned home last night after his four-day visit to Europe that included the ceremonies for the 70th anniversary of D-Day. While in Normandy, President Obama and Russian President Vladimir Putin talked briefly about the situation in Ukraine, and he wasn't the only one.
12: Petro Poroshenko, the new Ukrainian president who was sworn in this morning, also spoke with the Russian president.
1: The guy looks like a used car salesman to me.
12: (laughs) was their first meeting since Russia annexed the strategic Crimean Peninsula. Chip Reid is in our Washington Bureau with more. Hey, Chip.
6: Chip. Chip. Well, good morning, Vanita. During the D-Day ceremonies in Normandy, it appeared at first that Presidents Obama and Putin were going out of their way to avoid even looking at each other.
1: It's high school all over again.
6: But after a ceremonial lunch, President Obama initiated a conversation. It was brief and informal, but the White House called it a positive development. In France, to commemorate the 70th anniversary of the D-Day invasion, President Obama and Russian President Putin met informally Friday for about 15 minutes.
1: Now, what's interesting about this clip is you can see they're talking to each other. Uh, and I just always find it interesting whenever Putin speaks publicly, even when he's addressing an English audience, he yeah, has a translator. Except for when, obviously, I don't. I doubt that Obama's so, in there. Uh,
2: what have you been up to? I don't think.
1: I, uh, I doubt uh, Obama's speaking uh, Russian. You
2: know how are your Knicks doing?
1: Maybe Obama knows a little Ruski, but I don't think so. He might. He is a constitutional lawyer. No, the but wait, what he would do? You see, is <laughs> he would have. That, I don't think that translates very well. He, he would President have. President con-
6: Obama and Russian President Putin met informally Friday for about fifteen minutes. It was their first meeting since the violent conflict in eastern Ukraine began. A senior White House official said President Obama told Putin that de-escalating tensions depends upon Russia ceasing support for separatists in eastern Ukraine still and Obama stopping there. the provision of arms and materiel across the border. The what's, president what's said materiel? this Friday about his relationship with the Russian leader. Uh, we generally
0: have a business-like uh, relationship.
1: He's a bit of a dick.
0: And our... Uh, <laughs> very candid and blunt with each other
1: he tells it like it is he says when we're screwing up and uh, i just nod and they say okay vlad
0: i just decided to buy him a beer uh, there are areas where there has been great cooperation between the united states uh and uh russia like our space uh, program on this particular issue of ukraine uh, i we... think he was
1: referring to when uh, russia came in and saved our ass on the whole syria thing oh, oh we're about all, to...
6: all that thing yeah yeah, yeah. We have a deep difference Putin also met with Ukraine's
1: president. Now look at Putin. So this is the new Ukraine president, the used car salesman. Look at Putin's expression there. Like Putin is like this guy. Putin, you know, what Putin's thinking this guy looks like a used car
2: salesman. You, your sir, you are small. You look like you sell used cars. You, you
6: President-elect <laughs> Petro Poroshenko, a billionaire businessman, who's accused Putin of fomenting the violence. Hey, wait, stop for a minute. Look at
2: look at Putin. He just, does, does he's not a, having uh, it, man. That guy in the center uh, on that previous, yeah. Clip there, he looked like he uh, was wearing Google Glass. No, it looked like he. No, was- he's
1: the finance manager. So like, uh, so this guy is selling the car, and then he's like, "Well, let me. All right, Putin, let me take that back to my finance manager." Yeah, see, that's the finance yeah, manager. Know, you can tell lo- by the bow tie. But, but
2: look, look at his. It looks like he's wearing Google Glass. Look, everybody's got.
1: Look at everybody's got flags on their lapels. It's not even just a U.S. But, thing. but why
2: is he wearing a bow tie?
1: Because he's the finance manager. They're making so, up a deal on Putin's so, new rig, and then he's going to go back to that guy. And so
2: he goes back to him, and he waits like two hours, yeah. and he, comes like, he goes, all right, listen, right. We, here's able, what we could do. We couldn't work out the, the exact terms, but here's what right. we can do for you. And let me see. like If I do this, and then you just sign right here, Mr. Vlad. You yeah. can take us right off the lot right now.
6: Met with Ukraine's president-elect Petro Poroshenko, a billionaire businessman who's accused Putin of fomenting the violence by supporting the pro-Russian insurgents. <laughs> After the meeting, Putin said he agreed with Poroshenko's call for an immediate ceasefire. But he also denied any responsibility for the fighting, claiming that the two sides during the negotiations should not be Russia and Ukraine because Russia is not a participant in this conflict, (laughs) a position that U.S. officials say is completely at.
1: Look at this binder. Look at the size of this binder. Now, this funny about this binder is I've watched this binder grow over the years, back when it used to be your girl Victoria Newland doing this job. Yeah. Yeah. The binder has gotten so much larger. Who, and
2: who, who's the gal in glasses?
1: That she's the spokesperson for the State Department. Oh, yeah, she's the one that replaced Victoria Newland, oh. and she goes for this nerdy look.
2: Oh. which I, I assume is working for you. Well, but, you know, uh, like all the hot, they say in Portland, all the hot girls, uh, hot girls wear glasses. Yeah, I'm already flustered. With the facts,
10: well, I think there is a great deal of hard, hard evidence that Russia sure is. is involved, deeply involved, uh, with the separatists. Um, We have long seen credible reports of Russian soldiers operating without insignia. Dude, we
1: saw pictures on Twitter, and that's actually literally what she's referring to. Yeah, that's...
10: Ukraine.
6: White House officials said President Obama was more optimistic about Ukraine than he had been before the meeting, but they also downplayed expectations, noting that Putin's words are often inconsistent with his actions.
1: Not
2: like Obama. We'll
6: learn more about his real intentions in the
2: coming weeks. Vanita.
1: Chip Reid in Washington
6: this Never morning. trust a guy
2: that has uh, the same amount of letters in his first and last name.
1: I like that, like, you, know, you can't trust what Putin says because he'll say one thing and then he does something else. Not Obama, though. Obama always follows through on what he commits to.
2: By the way, I, I tossed up a softball you missed it. No, I got it. You know, no, 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 but what? what's my name? Chase. I How many letters? Nunes. I know, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Fair enough. Uh, you
1: know, yeah. do you think Putin's going to be upset when he gets that new car home and finds out it was actually American made and he didn't
2: know? <laughs> oh! Well, he's going to get real upset when that extended warranty that he purchased doesn't come through.
1: So here is—oh, man, we got—okay, okay, okay we'll, we'll end on a good note.
2: Um, high notes is, for the show. Here's
1: what I love about this next clip. All right. There is a tried-and-true maneuver that's so tried-and-true, there's actually been a couple of TV series that have incorporated into the storyline. Oh. Uh, West Wing famously did it, and there's another—oh, uh, 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 House of Cards did it, I think, season one— where when, when, the, when the press is not following the storyline that the White House is putting out, oh, there's a maneuver right. that's sort of a last stitch thing that's easy to schedule in the books that the president can take. And every president has done this. Sometimes they do it multiple times. Obama has done it twice in the last week, and they go for a walk. And every time they go for a walk... The press acts like it's the first time a president has ever done this ever, but you can go back and you can see it. Every president yeah, does it. Yeah. The West Wing even even did a parody of it. And so did House of Cards. It's it's super common whenever because the press just flocked to it because it's a news event that's just happening. And anyways, so I just I love it when it happens. It happened twice, and it's I, I think again it goes back to this VA thing. I think it's about this VA stuff. And here we go.
3: Well, the president attracted another crowd on Monday when he suddenly left the White House. What? Plan has covered five presidents, but he has never seen anything like this.
1: So he's covered five presidents, but yet he's never seen anything like this. Judging by the age of this guy, it looks like it started with Eisenhower. Yeah, he actually just celebrated like 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 30 years of cbs or something like that just recently uh and of course he'll wrap the report by talking about all the times he has actually seen this so why charlie rose starts it out like this i don't know uh let's just play it again for our memory so that way later when he ends the segment talking about how he's seen it before we'll realize charlie was completely talking about nothing
13: well the
3: president attracted another crowd on monday when he suddenly left the white house bill plant has covered five presidents but he has never seen anything like this bill good morning Good morning. Well,
13: I was just minding my own business, walking down Pennsylvania Avenue with a grilled cheese sandwich on my way back, and suddenly there's a big crowd coming at me. It looked more like New York than D.C., and then I saw Secret Service motioning people aside. Yep, it was the president out for a walk again. Politicians sacrifice a lot to live in this exclusive piece of real estate. And once they get in, most are eager to find a way out of the bubble. I don't get
0: a chance to take walks very often. Secret Service uh, gets a little stressed. Uh, But every once in a while, I'm able to sneak off. You know, uh, uh, I'm I'm sort of like the circus bear that kind of breaks the chain.
13: So Chief of Staff Dennis McDonough suggested an afternoon coffee break. And without telling the press or most of the staff, the commander-in-chief walked a block and a half to a nearby Starbucks. He told a staffer on the way out, the bear is loose again.
0: How old are you, Cor? Seven.
13: Three weeks ago, he surprised tourists on the National Mall.
2: Oh, my God!
13: Choosing to walk rather than ride to a meeting at the Interior Department. This Washington, D.C. Little League team wasn't expecting the president either, even though its roster included White House Press Secretary Jay Carney's daughter. The president made a surprise visit on his way to a recent fundraiser to take pictures and toss the ball around. And this president is hardly the first to get White House cabin fever. No? Harry Truman went out for a long walk most mornings at a faster clip than the reporters who trudged along. Most mornings, oh? Dwight Eisenhower, like most recent presidents, fled the White House for the golf course whenever he could. Ronald Reagan slipped away at least once and complained after less than a year in office that the White House was like a gilded cage. I
6: sometimes look out the window at Pennsylvania Avenue and wonder what it would be like to be able to just walk down the street to the corner drugstore and look at the magazines. I can't do that anymore.
13: Early in his presidency, Bill Clinton went for frequent morning jogs. His habit of stopping for fast food afterward even prompted a parody on Saturday Night Live.
14: Let's stop in here for a second. I'm a little parked from the jog. Uh, sir, we've only been jogging for three blocks. <laughs> Besides,
8: Mrs. Clinton asked us not to let you into any more fast food places.
13: After a <laughs> while, all presidents feel confined and start looking for ways to shed the motorcade, the security personnel, and the reporters who generally tag along. Guys, you got to
0: give me a little space, though.
13: <laughs> and usually that means keeping reporters at a distance. How's the coffee? Uh, (laughs) Well, the president's staff says, look, there's no planned message in these impromptu meetings. He just likes to take a walk. We're just trying to distract
1: the stupid press.
13: But they do like the message that they think it sends, which is that he's a regular guy. Uh, I should add, <laughs> that by the time I got back, oh. that grilled cheese was cold.
12: <laughs> Bill, <laughs> I have sat next to you many a time having lunch. I don't ever remember you having a grilled cheese. Did it have truffles in it?
13: <laughs> uh, this was a Ball new talk. grilled cheese shop. <laughs> we like it. <laughs> Bill,
12: all I have to say is I hope the president was drinking Oprah Chai. Did you find out at Starbucks?
7: <laughs> didn't find out,
13: but he did have tea, no question about it. And when I asked him if it was coffee... He said tea. Tea. I'm <laughs> going to vote Oprah tie on that one. Thank you, Bill.
7: Thank you. <laughs> so a couple of things. Oprah's
13: my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, first of all,
1: uh, the, I think she was essentially saying, well, you're such an elitist. You'd never eat regular old grilled cheese. Did they have truffles on it? That's what she was yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. And second of all, uh, it's documented that when Barry goes out places, he can't take food from the establishment. So that's got to be prop tea. He can't buy—you can't—the president— like, yeah, when he goes yeah. to events, he has his own cup. He has a dedicated... He can't... Like, when he, like when you've seen him at, a, at a, like, a pub having a beer, there's, like, a famous picture of, of Barry saying not bad while he's drinking a beer. That beer was provided by the Secret Service. It wasn't from the so, establishment. So, so
2: what... It, so, but, but see, the thing is, those establishments are when... They know that Obama's going to come to visit, right. It's a pre-planned visit. Well, they well, Secret Service has to come and
1: check the joint. Yeah, they out. have to sweep. Yeah. So they might have a. I think they probably just have a coffee there. They also they have an emergency taste tester that goes with him places. That so, has to.
2: So maybe that's what happened like here. Like the they king, have,
1: dude. They have to taste yeah. the food like the king.
2: Yeah. So if he drops dead, then you know it's bad. Yeah. But Isn't you know what? But you know, I'll say this. I know it's a distraction. Okay. I know it's a distraction. But all the tourists. They're, yeah, they love it. Wait, they're there. Oh, my God. It's Anderson Cooper. Now, yeah. they're, they're they're just there. They're they're visiting the monument, and here's the president. If I was there visiting, I'd be like, this is freaking awesome. Yeah, people love it. I would have.
1: The I mean, uh, the yeah. first time I didn't play the clip on the show, the first time, like, uh, some gals like,
2: this is the best day of my life. Like, she's all screaming and stuff. Well, you got to think of it this way, Chris. Most people will not get to meet any sitting president. I, I... I guess I'm just so disgusted by the man at this point that yeah. But every president we get disgusted by. Every president get does something
1: yeah, wrong. Yeah, I kind of felt like I knew what we were gonna get with Bush when Bush came in. Barry Barry has taken a little bit further. Mission accomplished. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, you know, a lot of times people are like, "You guys shouldn't hate on Fox News. They're fair and balanced. They are fair and balanced. Absolutely. So you might wonder. So you got a clip? Well, is it fair? I have a little clip is the audio balance that, that does kind of demonstrate perhaps why maybe some people consider Fox News to be an extension of the no, Republican no, party. No, I'm going
2: to watch this. I'm going to watch this okay. with an open mind. Mo- you right. know what? I'm going to give you my honest All p- right, just play it.
1: Okay. Right. I'm sure they'll cite
2: lots of evidence in this nope, clip. No, this is going to be straight right down the middle. Here we go.
15: Forget Lex Luthor, is Superman's real enemy liberalism?
3: look up in the sky it's a bird it's a plane it's superman yes it's superman
15: faster than a speeding bullet more powerful than a locomotive and controlled by the left
13: we have plans for you peter parker
15: comic book artists now calling out pervasive liberal bias
10: (laughs) storm coming mr Wayne.
15: so where are our superheroes and just what has the left done with them
14: the fate of your planet
3: rests in your hands
15: and joining us, comic book artist Paul Revoche and comic book writer Chuck Dixon. I am so glad to have you with me because I read your Wall Street Journal op-ed yesterday. and I thought it was really interesting, and I wanted to ask you, Chuck, if you could start.
1: Wall Street, are all, of Wait. course, owned, uh, owned by the same person that owns Fox News.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, where's the comic book writer? Where's Stan? Right. Where's and, uh, Stan? I, I,
1: I bet you are assuming at this point they will begin to cite... Uh, the issues they have, right? They will begin to very clearly go through them. Right, they're going to put an an on-screen graphic. They could even play a clip from the movies. Maybe a chart. They could show stills from the comic books. I'm sure we'll see some evidence of this. uh, Why do you
15: think this has happened over time?
16: Well, I mean, uh, sort of a coterie of left-leaning editors have taken over the the superhero area of mainstream comics.
15: And... You've been you've been writing comic books for years. Do you think that over time, because they used to be you know, the, the printed comic book version, but now there's the possibility of a Hollywood blockbuster? Are, did people get, maybe the writers got seduced a little bit by Hollywood?
16: No, I don't think so, because the movies, for the most part, don't reflect what's going on in the comics. They're not, you know, there's no radical turn toward uh, and a, uh, any kind of political agenda in the movies, but in the comics, there certainly is.
1: Wait a minute. So we opened the clip by complaining about liberal bias in the movies because of Hollywood, but now this guy just said, "Well, no, no the, no, the liberal all, bias is in the comics, it's it's not in the, in the, the comics. movies." All right, so he's, he's got it backwards. No, he right. he has totally just botched the entire setup because they're talking about the movies because her pitch is they start good in the comics and then when they go yeah. to Hollywood, they go liberal. That's her whole thesis, and he just botched it because this guy—you could look at him—he's stoned out so, of his head so or whatever. Is did. the
2: producer yelling in her ear, bring her back, bring her back? Well, now she's got to shift gears here.
15: And Paul, have you noticed that too when it comes Go to the other to guy. Go to, the other guy. Uh, to your work?
2: Go to the other guy.
17: Sure. Uh, I've noticed a really big change since the comics of my youth, and uh, there isn't much of a conservative voicing in mainstream comics. And uh, in the field of graphic novels, it's somewhat the same, although there's a couple of exceptions. And we've just released uh, a graphic novel edition of Amity Schley's bestseller. Oh, and uh, what we've spuck. just realized is spuck. this is
1: actually about a new conservative comic book graphic novel that's being launched. Oh, uh, so this the is Forgotten an The
17: Forgotten Man. It's called The Forgotten Man Graphic Edition. It's a 300-page book that will appeal to conservatives.
15: Now, Chuck, when you th- think back to you know, how, maybe how things started... So he
1: gave her a total non-answer with just a plug. He didn't even answer her question, he just plugged the new book.
15: What do you think really changed in terms of the moral equivalency that now you start to see in some of uh, the superheroes that we didn't ever see before?
1: Well, I mean, it was what is she referring to, by the way? I, I mean, what is what is the liberal bias? I mean, it, generally, they're fighting super, the other super bad guys and aliens. They don't generally I mean, I can't think of one time Iron Man talked about politics. No, I don't remember that happening either. I watched I watched the new Superman movie. I don't remember. It must have been a different edition.
16: I guess. It was obviously, a, an idea they came up with a direction to take where the heroes aren't as heroic as they once were.
1: So because the heroes are not as heroic as they once were, they therefore have a liberal bias?
16: And, uh, and you know, clearly driven by some sort of a political agenda. Um, uh, and in a lot of cases, you know, critical of American policy or supporting one politician over another.
1: Are they complaining that they're not propaganda pieces enough for the military industrial complex? I mean, what is he saying <laughs> I here? know
16: something we never saw in comics before. I mean, comics superheroes have always been apolitical for the most part. They're universal appeal. Okay, so now he's
1: back on comics are not political, even though the last time she went to him he said the politics were happening in the comics and not the movies. Now he's realized the way of his mistake, and now he's saying it's it's the, it's the movies that have the political bias.
16: So that they reach the broadest audience. Uh, this direction sort of alienates a large part of the audience.
15: So, Paul, what you're describing with the new book that you have, if you are a comic book enthusiast and you want to try to find that, um, what's the distribution like? Do, do you find that there's also some discrimination when it comes to that, too?
1: I'm sure she's hoping he's about to say please, yes. Please,
17: please say yes, please say yes. You mean distribution of the graphic
1: novel? Uh, of the thing? book, yes. Yeah, because it's a conservative story. Right. I'm sure the Hollywood machine has been keeping you down, right? You haven't been able to sell your book You've because of the liberal around, bias.
2: And everybody's been saying no to you, You've right? You've been,
1: you know, sure, these liberal books, these liberal comics, they sell like crazy. They but they make right to the movies. Your conservative comics probably just had, nobody will sell it, right? No one likes you.
17: Yes. Um... No, I think that they're re- it's readily available on Amazon and the regular <laughs> outlets. It's just that it's kind of an exception. I think that conservatives haven't realized how wonderful the cartoon medium is. Uh, Amity, in her case, was a kind of a visionary, is what I'd call her, because she, she's embraced the medium. She saw through the fact that usually comic books in North America, they're associated with a particular genre, which is superheroes. But they can do so much more as a medium. And I would say among my artistic peers, you know, a lot of them would be uh, leftward or progressive in their point of view, and they have just right. embraced. The get them off! Get them off!
15: Get them off! Chuck, thank you both for joining us.
17: You know, thanks
16: a lot.
15: Let's talk
2: about what Superman is.
1: Superman is a propaganda piece for America red white and blue he's America Captain Wait, America it
2: it, no I was say Superman isn't there yellow in there Chris it's just yellow and red <laughs> you know what I'm saying though yeah, right he's like he's
1: like uh, I mean he is part of the culture that we push out on the rest of the world about America that we will save you and here they are saying that it I mean it just it it, it warps the mind to follow that logic circle
2: all right whoa. Boy, do you feel a little dirty? Are you all right? Uh, should I wash myself off? with yeah, You some know what Russia? I'll do
1: is I'll play us I'll place a little DuckTales.
2: All right. And then we can... Yeah, yeah. Here we go. So you have the open this week. It's episode number 101. 101, which is a not really nice episode number because at 101, when you go to college, you know, it's like Economics 101. You have Politics 101. And now you have Unfilter 101, which is the ongoing on-air Service dedicated to informing you about the news that you should not be watching. It's an incredible course. Uh, we have it in many different subjects <laughs> and levels.
1: All right, so that wraps up the supporter show. We're going to go into the main show now, and uh, I just, pff, I'm just if you guys want the video version of that, all of it's going to be in the BitTorrent sync for the. Oh uh, yes. Yeah, I know. I've heard the floppy drive version of this.
2: It's hardcore. <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Uh, it's good to be back. Uh, episode number. <laughs> it's good to be back. Uh, I wasn't here last week because I was so wrapped up for episode 101, but our uh, 100. But. Uh,
1: Hold on. I'm gonna do a level check so I don't blow this ass out. I mean, you know what? Oh, you finish up, and I'm gonna break the recording so that way I don't. The people on the recording don't hear about crazy right. right. levels. All
2: right, guys. But. Uh, <laughs> make sure you use my uh, my uh, GD quotes. Uh, strap in. Here it comes.
1: This is Unfiltered, episode 101 for June 11th, 2014.
2: We begin with that breaking news, two police officers shot in a Las Vegas restaurant. Authorities say it's believed they were targeted by two shooters, a man and a woman. That restaurant was in a crowded Walmart shopping plaza. Authorities putting up the police tape late today after those gunmen then entered the Walmart itself, reportedly killing someone in the store. During it all, witnesses say they were shouting, "This is a revolution."
1: Welcome to Unfiltered, episode 101 of Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly show that's distracting you from all of that TV you shouldn't be watching. My name is Chris, and joining me every single week is the always excellent Mr. Chase.
2: Hey, Chris. Hey, everybody. Hey, buddy. Thanks for coming back to episode 101. 101, Um, man. Yeah. You feeling good? You know, I like 101, as I was saying to everybody, that 101, or, you know, you go to college... You know, Economics 101. Yeah, man. You got Sports 101. Right on, man. And now you got Unfilter 101. Boom. Which is the ongoing on-air Crash course for our world. That's right. It's like it really is. And this week, uh, we're
1: going to have some stories from the U.S. We're going to have some stories from all around the world. In fact, we're going to start from around the world.
2: We actually start from our neighbors to our north.
1: Yep. And then we will whittle our way down uh, back to the U.S. as we go through some of uh, the revelations and things that have changed. Here we are one year later after the Snowden revelations. And guess what? Uh, some actual changes are happening, and it's not just here in the U.S. It's all around the world. We'll talk right. about that. The gun debate is back, and it's back big. There's been some pretty big, uh, high-profile shootings that have happened. One, so we've one, been on ha- air. one
2: actually happened in our backyard. Yeah.
1: So we'll talk about that a little bit, yep. and uh, we got a couple of other things like a drone update and yep. some other goodies yeah. thrown in there of the edible variety, you might say. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Chase, where do you want to start? You want to start with our uh, our, our Snowden-inspired changes? Yeah, what's
2: what's happening in that department? Did you hear about
1: Vodafone, my friend?
2: Vodafone is a Canadian carrier of cellular. Well, they're not service. just Canadian. Well, actually. yeah, they're, but the, the, this story comes out of Canada, though, right? Vodafone.
12: The company has just revealed the existence of secret wires that allow government agencies around the world to listen to all conversations on its networks. Vodafone doesn't operate within the U.S., but with just about 420 million subscribers in 29 different countries, it's the world's second largest mobile company. So how does this work? Well, the company says wires are connected directly between its network and the host government, allowing the government spy agency to easily listen to live conversations what? and even keep tabs on the location of customers. No. Now, most of the 29 countries that Vodafone operates in need a warrant to intercept communications, at which point they can access those wires on a case-by-case basis. However, the company has revealed that in about six unidentified countries, authorities Have a direct permanent link To user communications Without the need of a warrant whatsoever Vodafone can't name Those six governments because the countries have Laws prohibiting disclosure of Surveillance (laughs) methods Today the corporation published its first ever Transparency report where it wrote Our customers have a right to privacy Which is enshrined in international human (laughs) rights Law and standards Respecting that right is one of our biggest priorities However in every country Which we operate we have to abide by the laws of those countries, which require us to disclose information about our customers to law enforcement agencies or other government authorities, Whoa, the company wait a says minute. balancing the two has been quite a dilemma. Is this
2: new to you? No, no, no. But what I'm saying is, all right, I, no, it's not new to me. But the part that's interesting is you got Vodafone saying oh, uh, we have to respect the laws of the countries that we operate in. Fine, I get that. But the law doesn't dictate that you have to provide them with a direct pipe and feed. Well, it does in some countries. Really? Yes. Like so, I thought they have to provide them like a, with a portal. Or, well, you know, it, it, a, I think
1: it, I think part of it comes down to what the requirements are for the area, but also like at a certain scale, it just becomes cost prohibitive for Vodafone to do it any other way. So right? they just said here, here, take the. If fiber. you want every call, if you want everything. Like they would it would be too costly for them to manage that for you. Yeah, right. That's
12: true. And that's why it's finally decided to break its silence with this report, which is the most extensive and comprehensive survey on how governments monitor the conversations of their citizens.
1: And here's what I think is interesting about this is they why did they do this? Why did they come out and release
2: this report themselves?
1: Why did they essentially blow their own whistle?
2: Because they're tired of doing it. Do you think because they're doing it for free, and maybe the governments are not giving them the money to provide that extra link? Puts pressure on them.
1: uh, On, I was thinking maybe it's like to to get ahead of internal whistleblowers that might feel like, well, boy, look at all the attention the Snowden revelations are getting, and so maybe they're worried that they were going to get, you know, they're one of the telcos that somebody would leak something. And yeah, but the other
2: problem is why would you want to potentially leak something like this and subject yourself to a potential lawsuit? I mean, you would think the company would then be like, be very afraid of a customer group saying, hey, you're giving my information right. away without my permission.
1: It seems like if you're going to do a release like this, you have to go through it and say, okay, now we can legally defend ourselves as being able, we have now done everything we are legally allowed to inform the customer. Yeah. It's almost like because they've come out and done as much as they legally can, they will almost be protected from that kind right. of thing. Whereas yep. if it had been leaked and discovered, they wouldn't be necessarily. Right. Yep. Uh, The other thing that's interesting this week uh, from sort of a change in tone from the Snowden revelation is Germany's spy agency has sort of just come out and said, yeah, you know, those areas that all these conspiracy theorists thought were uh, secret monitoring stations for us to eavesdrop on you guys. Um, Yeah, it turns out they were not only right, but we're going to go ahead and put a plaque on the building. (laughs)
10: while Vodafone has exposed foreign government sneaky surveillance Germany has blown its own cover on its spying stations that's right in an attempt to create a more transparent spy program today it acknowledged that six facilities around the country are in fact spy stations but amateur sleuths long suspected the true identity of the sites that the federal intelligence service or BND denied it. The agency officially attached its logo to one site's entrances at a ceremony Friday with the BND chief even posing for photographers. The agency has sought a bit of rebranding following Edward Snowden's revelations about the NSA, insisting it follows the law and doesn't conduct unwarranted mass surveillance.
1: So this is their new take. We're going to go out there. We're going to we're going to show the public that we're a part of their government and we're protecting them. So not only did they change in tone from denying these buildings exist, they actually sent their chief out there to pose with the plaque as they installed it on the building. <laughs> oh, geez. That's a pretty big change in tone, and I think it's to try to gain back a little public no, trust. No,
2: no, it's a distraction from the real spy <laughs> stations that are oh, all over the country.
1: you mean the ones that are up in space. space
2: yeah. Space.
1: Speaking of up in the sky— We have a couple of drone updates, Chase. Drone updates! And uh, the first one's one that's been sort of brewing for a couple of weeks. There's this memo uh, in in May. The Obama administration came out and said, yeah, we're going to totally show that to you guys. Um, Yeah, we'll get that right over to you. Uh, Just uh, come back soon and uh, we'll have that for you. And then they've just sort of delayed and delayed and delayed and it hasn't shipped. Well, it turns out that's because they just kind of have a few ideas of things they want to tweak before they let it out to the public.
10: The Justice Department, Department of Defense, and Central Intelligence agencies are putting a little extra work into preventing the public from seeing the document outlining its legal justification for using drones to kill Americans suspected of terrorism overseas. Lawyers for the government told a federal appeal- appeals court in Manhattan that it seeks additional redactions in the memo to protect oh. national security, to prevent damage to the government's ability to engage in confidential deliberations, and to seek confidential legal advice. In April, a three-judge panel of the Court ordered the memo released due to a Freedom of Information request by the New York Times and the American Civil Liberties Union. Lawyers for the Times and the ACLU said Friday that the government's continued delays regarding the document are cheating the public of a fully informed and fair debate over the highly classified targeted killing program. The FOIA request was made after two drone strikes killed three U.S. citizens. One in September 2011 in Yemen killed Anwar al-Awlaki, an Al Qaeda leader born in the United States, and Samir Khan. The other one... Uh, just a month later, killed Awlaki's teenage son, Abdul Raham Rahman Awlaki Legal scholars and human rights activists have complained that it was illegal for the U.S. to kill American citizens away from the battlefield without a trial. So
1: this memo is supposed to give the justification for droning those three Americans, and the primary defense the Obama administration is using is, if we don't redact all this stuff, it will put a chilling effect on our frank discussions. Oh, of course.
2: I mean, yeah, I mean, we got to be, you know, we got to make, make, keep America safe, Chris. Uh, I,
1: I, I guess it's one of these things where it was too much to expect that we'd actually get the full legal. I, it seems like if you are going to, if you are going to authorize yourself to kill Americans without due process, the least you could do is release the legal justification for it. It seems like, it seems like the fact that that can be a secret itself is, is
2: uh, um, unbelievable. It's un American. It's unbelievable. It's just to me, it's dumbfounding. Well, what's more frustrating about it is America seems to be okay with it. I mean, you don't... Yeah, we just seem to be cool with the whole drone thing, don't we? I mean, really. Yeah. And I think it's partly because of the mainstream media where they don't cover a lot of these situations or they don't really cover them in much detail like we do. And then most people, they just, they get their news from the 11 o'clock news and they go, oh, well... and it, they just gloss over it. No big deal. Yeah, and then and then no one cares. You think? You think? I think that has a lot to do with
1: it. Well, as uh, the uh, you know the thing is, is there is now a drone industry for the military industrial complex, and as that uh, like some of our confrontations in Afghanistan spin down, those guys need to sell their drone
2: somewhere. So and guess where they're selling them to? Alaska. That's right.
18: THE UNMANNED AERIAL VEHICLE WAS CREATED BY A CALIFORNIA COMPANY CALLED AERIOVIRONMENT. THE COMPANY SAYS IT WAS AWARDED A FIVE-YEAR CONTRACT WITH BP. NOW, THE DRONE IS CALLED THE PUMA AE. IT HAS A NINE-FOOT WINGSPAN AND CAN FLY FOR THREE AND A HALF HOURS AT A TIME AT 200 TO 400 FEET ABOVE THE GROUND. Aeriovironment recently released a press statement, also to RT, saying in part, Thanks to the FAA's rigorous safety focused certification process for unmanned aerial systems, BP and Aeriovironment have launched a safer, better, more cost-effective solution for managing critical infrastructure and resources. The Puma AE is already being used by the military. This company is the Pentagon's top supplier of small drones. However, with the war in Afghanistan coming to a close, the company has seen a major decline in sales. So now it is pivoting its focus to the commercial world. Also new this month, the FAA has established a third testing site for the use of commercial drones in American airspace. This one is located in Nevada. Test flights are expected to begin later this summer at a privately owned airfield just north of Las Vegas. This is just the latest step in the FAA's plan to address the issue of unmanned vehicles taking to American skies. Congress has set a deadline for the FAA to develop regulations for commercial drone use by 2015. So far, the agency has written two unsuccessful drafts and is in the process of writing a third for the Department of Transportation and the White House to finally approve of. Reporting in Washington, Megan Lopez, RT.
2: Thanks, Megan. But you know the problem with this, Chris? Hmm. This is going to take away jobs. <laughs> You're
1: right. Well, so will automated cars. So will robotics on the uh, manufacturing line. No, I mean, line. you
2: think about it. Right now, there are probably two or three guys that drive up and down the big BP right. Alaska pipeline. At least, dude. At least. Yeah. And how, how are the drones, by the way, supposed to check underneath the pipes? Like, how do they... Yeah, I, I, could you just... could you, you? I guess you couldn't fully replace on the ground.
1: You'd have you to... Can't. I guess it would just be... Well, I'm These sure... These are visual over the air. Yeah, and I'm sure definitely. in Alaska, there's some very challenging places to get Sure, to. of so, course. I... I You know, the thing about drones is it's kind of like a lot of other technology. There's a shit ton of bad uses, and there's a shit ton of good uses. Right.
2: Like, for example, we've talked about this at nauseum. We would love, uh, you know, pizza delivery by drone. Thai food drone. Yeah, Thai
1: food drone. Condom drone. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. You're going to have a good time with your lady or somebody else, and you decide, you know what? I better get some
2: condoms. I mean, you've probably already heard about this. I I don't have a link uh, quite handy, but Hollywood has already put in for an exemption before yes. these, for these laws to come into play so they can do shooting.
1: You know, in all honesty, there's quadcopters out right now that, that are, do an incredible job. And I wouldn't mind having one for Jupiter Broadcasting for doing— uh, When Shoots. we go on location, yeah. it would be so awesome to just send this thing up and get some aerial shots, and it looks like a freaking crane. I
2: mean, here's the thing. We've also heard about drones with exemptions to uh, handle disaster areas where they can right. get over an area in a quick amount of yeah. time. Yeah. There are some great uses for them. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, every time we do these drone updates, I have a feeling that some people may feel— that were anti drone or
1: UAV as they say
2: or UAV you know i have a friend of mine who flies you know uh choppers and quadcopters uh you know that sort of thing i know somebody who flies flight simulators oh i know be careful <laughs> <laughs> call back but 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 the thing is uh there's appropriate uses but we still need to protect users and privacy Especially when you have, you know, governments and organizations who want to use them for error, crowd control, or right. crime. You know what I wonder, like too,
1: is like if you've got these commercial companies that will be flying drones over, they'll be up high enough that they're going to get pictures of stuff that aren't related to the company's property. Right. They'll right. get pe- pictures of people yeah, they're, driving. They're,
2: well, it happens right now. Like, say, if a right. uh, news chopper's above an yeah. accident.
1: So uh, I wonder if we'll see down the road, like, you know, uh, law enforcement subpoenaing those images from private companies to get that. To Do you get think that...
2: that happens already now? With, Maybe. Yeah. With
1: like, air, with, like news reporters news and reporters stuff? News reporters and Probably, stuff. Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and satellite imagery, I'm sure, even in like Google Maps stuff. I'm sure oh, all sure. of that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, Chase, before we get into some of the uh, heavier topics this week, I want to thank our unfiltered patrons. That's how we're oh. funding this here show. Bum,
2: buh, 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 how are we, we doing buh, over buh, there, buh, buddy? Well, I need to pull that up, but I know that we had, last time I checked, 269 yep. awesome patrons.
1: 25, 98,
2: 34. We hit our big goal last week of yep. 2,500, which was yep. phenomenal. We were able to leak out what our future plans and of the show might look like. And, you know like. what, I'll give a little update
1: on that. So Ooh, this, this week, the clips that we have from this show, 90% of them were used, were, were captured and cut using my new mobile-powered setup, all Ooh. done on Linux on a single laptop. And,
2: and was it faster, easier for you, or um, how was it?
1: I would say it was actually no more faster or slower, because I've kind of been setting it up over the... So I, one of the things we want to do on the Unfiltered Show is eventually hit the road and kind of give you guys a perspective of some of these stories from different locations, outside the studio, no. and then eventually, maybe one, one day down the road, actually head over across the pond and get an out-of-the-country uh, episode under our belt. Now,
2: guys, take a look at this. You know, if you head over to our, our page, Patreon. dot com slash Unfilter. On the left hand side, there we have goals, and we've reached almost all of them, thanks to you. And the last remaining goal, a big one. is a huge one. And the reason why that one's high is because that is lit. That I mean, that would be so
1: much work. And honestly, we would have to be able to make that work uh, financially feasibly for us yeah. just in terms of our time commitment to that. Right. But we do – our next milestone is Unfiltered twice a week. This show was born when it was conceived. When Chase and I were making show babies one night, we originally envisioned <laughs> this being a two to twice-a-week show. From day one, it's just – yeah. It, it, it is so much work to make one episode that the idea of making two episodes, I mean, that's a big milestone for us. Yeah. But you can help us reach there by going over to patreon.com slash
2: unfilter. That's how you support the show. This is an ad-free show. It's funded by our audience. Now, Chris, here's the deal. When someone decides to become an unfilter supporter through Patreon, if they put in at least $5 or more per month, boom! first they get access to the awesome, ultimate unfilter supporter show. That's the I ultimate mean, experience. It's like a right show there. for the show. We, it is, we, yeah. we have so many great clips. Sec- That is a second show in a it, way. It is a second show. That is
1: honestly where some of that second show idea went. And you know, the thing that's great about it is we in the supporter show, we track stories like we did a Ukraine update. We haven't talked about Ukraine in the main show for a couple of weeks, but we're still following that thread in the supporter show. We talk about a lot of things that come and go out of the main show. We keep them going there. Also, you, as an unfiltered supporter, you also get access to all of our clips, all of our notes, the source files that make our show possible. And people have been finding that very valuable. You also get a BitTorrent sync of just our most recent supporter shows if you want just that. And the supporters get a special video version that includes videos of our clips in the supporter show.
2: And the neat thing about that sync is you have a complete archive to go back and say, you know what? Weren't they talking about that back on episode 90? And you can go back and you can see that entire catalog. We've been doing this yes, since sir. the NSA big leaks. Back in, what, 56? 54, 50, we 54. started the sync
1: up, and it's all in there.
2: It's all there, you guys. Now, yeah. one other thing we need to mention. Yeah, it's limited time, too. We have a week left, and we really want to make sure we hit the goal, because all you guys who want these, we want to make sure that they are printed. It's an episode 100 limited Boom. edition
1: hoodie or t-shirt. Boom. we got long sleeve, short sleeve. I like the I like the colors on the long sleeve. Check, that,
2: yeah. check out these different grays and blacks. You know, you know, you know nice. what I got? I got the charcoal long sleeve. Yeah. I think that's the hottest one. Kind of
1: digging the red tea, though.
2: Oh, isn't that hot, too?
1: Yeah. So go over to teespring.com slash unfilter100. Six days, six hours left. 96 towards our goal of 133. We need to get to 133 to unlock that.
2: Yeah, we got to get that done in less than a week. And then all you guys. Now, by the way, if you are a patron swag supporter, Mm -hmm. uh you should you, already buy it. If you haven't gotten a receipt for your shirt... You should have it already. You need to
1: let Angela at jupiterbroadcasting.com know because we've yeah. already hooked our unfiltered Swag... Uh, anybody who's become a, a patron Unfilter Swag Club member has already got their swag You're order. Already it's in. already and, locked in for them.
2: And just to let you guys know, we're still working out the kinks, but once we know the system's solid and works out well, we might open up a few Eventually. more Eventually. It's going to yeah. take time. We've got to yeah. balance that. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see, but
1: uh, you can grab yourself... Whoa, hi Ow, there. You all right? com slash unfilter one. 100. and uh, we'll have that up for six more days and then after that it's gone it's and gone patreon.com slash unfilters how you keep this show on the air and help That's us right. get to our next milestone yeah and wouldn't don't it, forget to check cool? out the exclusive content over
2: wouldn't there. it be cool to do this twice a week yeah wouldn't that be I mean there's definitely thing, enough show and let me let me just say one last thing about that yeah man is alright so remember was it episode 99 we had Snowden in the interview with Brian Williams of NBC News I think so okay and he was just Going on the air with, the, with yeah. the thing while we were doing our thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. So imagine for a minute, you guys, we did the show, say, on Mondays and Thursdays, or Mondays and Fridays or whatever, or Tuesdays and Fridays. Whatever, whatever days work out best, we could have done an immediate follow up, immediate within a day. Mm-hmm. But instead, we had to wait the entire week. And I know. There's, News always always like There's always stuff News like that. Changes. News is always fluid. So thank you for supporting us, you guys. Really do appreciate
1: that. So let's talk about these. Uh, the, the probably the most ho- high-profile shooting that happened recently. This the uh, the husband and wife couple in Las Vegas wow. who shot the police officers as they were eating lunch. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe it was Amanda and Jared Miller. Are their names? And uh, it's kind of, a, kind of a horrible story. It's sort of the worst case in all, in all aspects, in the way it's being played up by the media and also just the brutality in the way it happened. So I'll recap the story for those of you who maybe are not familiar with all of the details.
3: New details about the radical young married couple who walked into a pizza parlor this weekend, ambushing and killing two police officers at point-blank range. We're now learning more about who they were and the possible warning signs that this was no ordinary husband and wife. Here's ABC's Ryan Owens on their mission to start a revolution and the message they left behind. We have two officers
19: down. Uh, we'll those two police officers never saw it coming. How could they? A Sunday ambush by a young Las Vegas couple, heavily armed and hell-bent on murdering police. Tonight, those faces of hate. Cop killers Jared and Amanda Miller. He was 31... She just 22. Their spree would leave three innocent people dead, a community stunned, and that question, why?
11: We believe that they equate government and law enforcement uh, fascism and those who support it with Nazis. At
19: 1122 Sunday morning, the Millers ambushed those two police officers at this pizza restaurant as they ate lunch. They executed both men, then draping their bodies with a don't tread on me flag, penning a swastika on them and a note that read, the revolution has begun. I saw their gun in their hand, and uh, he just told me to tell the the cops that it was a revolution. The couple didn't stop there. They took the officer's guns and ran to this Walmart. A
5: whole bunch of people start running towards the back, like the the main exit or the emergency exit.
19: Five minutes later at 1127, they shot and killed an armed civilian who confronted them. Then, as police moved in, the couple carried out a suicide pact.
1: And actually, just as kind of an example of how these stories are very fluid while they're developing, yeah. uh, the, the, uh, the man was actually killed by the police, not by... Uh, uh, right, the, yeah.
2: They, they thought for a moment, but yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: They actually, we even have it in the show notes, they released the, the footage of it, which was very odd. They don't normally do that. Um, so I I don't know if you caught I mean obviously there's a lot of things being dropped in there uh, revolutionary was dropped a couple times we got the Nazi thing in there uh, th- when they went to the Walmart they they were confronted by an armed citizen now whenever we have these gun debates one of the things that's always brought up is, well if there was somebody armed there they could have stopped them we need more guns well now they have now they can say well yeah well there was somebody armed at the Walmart they didn't stop him I just thought that was kind of interesting uh... that was worked in there. Um, And there was obviously uh, warning signs. Uh, The Millers were posting all kinds of crap publicly, like on their Facebook page.
19: The couple's postings on social media are filled with Second Amendment patriot rants against what they call a fascist government.
1: This is obviously uh, being set up as they have a very strong political union. And it it does indeed sound like they were. Uh, There was also rants on YouTube.
19: That is the courthouse. Jared had a lengthy criminal record and ranted on YouTube about his house arrest, calling the county courthouse a monument of tyranny.
6: I don't know. Sounds a little like Nazi Germany to me.
19: He was paranoid about government wiretapping and drones.
20: They're already wiretapping your phones, uh, you know, watching your Facebook and everything.
1: And uh, they also say that he was a listener of your buddy. The uh, one, the only. Uh, Mr. Alex Jones. You know,
2: those cops had mustaches. He's
1: taking a beating over all of this, actually.
16: What's driving me crazy? (sighs) What's driving me crazy is that photo right there. Zoom in on that. It's one of those cops in a black uniform with a mustache. And you just look like an absolute clown freak that works for murdering terrorists that jack our food and water. I think you're a big joke. (sighs) (sighs) Oh, you got a mustache. I'll just worship you. Oh, you got a
3: mustache. It's okay. Nothing against mustaches. mustaches.
1: So uh, uh, MSNBC has been beating on that guy. We'll get to it here in and a by second. by the way, we're
2: laughing at him, not the tragedy that occurred. Oh, I w- I want I'm just d- trying to blame No, I know. But yeah. you, know, you know we get that, that hate mail. Like, yeah. I can't believe you're taking light no, of the situation. we're just
1: trying to keep it. We're trying not to make it too heavy here. Yeah. Uh, and also, uh, the Millers were—do you remember the—we didn't talk a lot about it on the main show, but the Bundy Ranch standoff, the Millers were involved at that as yeah. well.
19: In April, the Millers joined other anti-government protesters at Clive and Bundy's cattle ranch a few hours away. Here's Jared talking to Reno affiliate KRNV about the standoff against federal agents over grazing fees.
2: I feel sorry for any federal agents that want to come in here and try to push us around. This is Jared. If they're going to come bring violence to us, well, if that's the
6: language they want to speak, we'll learn it.
1: Isn't that an interesting way to phrase that? Wow! If violence is the language they want to speak, we'll learn it. And that's him on a TV interview, uh, and I—I I mean, that's—that show. That I think that betrays an interesting line of thinking. Uh, and of course, the town folks say that after that whole Bundy ranch standoff, uh, he just kind of doubled down on his anti-government rhetoric. Oh boy!
13: After a while, after the Bundy thing going on over there, they went over there for a couple of days, and then they come back. And I guess after that. Jared became anti-government, anti-police. He, he, I mean, he was talking about killing cops. Uh, he didn't want nothing to do with the government. He had his wife quit her job that she's had for a while, and hell, he wouldn't even let her collect unemployment or food stamps or anything. Anti-government. Anti-government.
1: I mean, you got yourself a a twenty-two-year-old a twenty-two-year-old girl and uh, a thirty-one-year-old man. Um, I mean, maybe he was influencing her in some way. Uh, his dad, which,
2: which is possible. I mean, do we know when they actually when they started getting together? I don't know, I mean, no. man. I mean, she's no. just probably out of high school, perhaps getting influenced by this guy. Who knows?
1: So, I mean, to me, uh, to me, it seems clear that these in, these two individuals had serious psychological problems. Yeah, um, and that you know the fact that they had these views, they took them to an extreme because of these psychological problems. However, MSNBC would have us believe that it's not that they had individual psychological problems. It's anytime we speak ill about the government, it's if you are on the right, you are responsible for this. If you criticize drone strikes, you are responsible for this. He's not loony. This is
14: a culture that reproduces a pathology. Anti-statist rhetoric leads to these vicious consequences. Yes, I said it. There's a correlation between the two
1: anti-status rhetoric leads to these kind of consequences now this is a guy on the ed schultz show on msnbc saying that when you speak out anti-status rhetoric is what's causing this
14: yes i said it there's a correlation between the two and until we take that seriously all of this vicious rhetoric that we hear out here all of this assault upon the president and the state and the legitimacy and authority of it
1: so when i say barry i'm encouraging this right because i'm assaulting the president It has to be taken into consideration
14: here before we engage in such actions that will then really contradict the very country we claim to love. Another neighbor said that Jared Miller spoke of overthrowing the government often.
4: Jared was a very controlling man. Always wanted to talk about overthrowing the government, uh, how Obama
1: is, uh,
7: he's disgusting.
1: I would not necessarily disagree with that myself. I would. <laughs> See what I mean? You ain't got to be a genius to figure out the correlation
14: between the two. Of course. At this point, the motive of the shooting is not entirely clear to law enforcement. Officials did say they believe the swastika was a symbol equating law enforcement to fascism.
11: We don't necessarily believe that they are white supremacists or associated with the Nazi movement. We believe that they equate government and law enforcement uh, fascism and those who support it with Nazis.
14: That constant drumbeat from our neighbors to the right who consider government the problem and not the solution, who are constantly delegitimating and vilifying elected officials, who are constantly holding those that they disagree with in, in uh, the kind of most ridiculous and disrespectful light, this is the consequence of your behavior no. and your belief. No, it's not. Reports show this shooting may have been a show of violence against the government. I think it's fair to call this event... An act of domestic terrorism.
1: And uh, this is the part that the uh, liberal media, let's call them that, is really pushing for. In fact, they even asked John Boehner, John Boehner, do you believe this was an act of domestic terrorism? And when Boehner wouldn't say yes, then they slammed him on air for saying, look, he won't say it. He won't admit it because he knows they're affiliated with the right wing and he won't say it. It's awful. Talk about politicizing a tragedy.
2: Yeah, and it shouldn't be that way. We should be talking about the officers who lost their lives. We should be talking about the victims. We shouldn't be politicizing this and at all. Chase, your
1: anti-state rhetoric right now is, is, is encouraging more people to go out on shootings. You just did it right now, according to that guy. Wow. And, you know, Obama, he's not happy about all any of this. Obama, he's disappointed Oh, yeah. in us. oh
2: and you know what he does? He also politicizes it by mm-hmm. dragging Congress through right. and blaming them for not standing up and for gun laws he or takes whatever. This he's, this is at a
1: Tumblr Q&A, and he takes this yeah. dad tone where he, he, he uses the tone that a father uses when he's disappointed with a behavior you know, of know his children. what
2: he is? He's, he's thinking about his two daughters. That's what he—yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Late today, President Obama was asked about the shooting. The country has to do some soul searching about this. You guys. This, this yeah. This is becoming the norm. What the hell?
2: Whoa,
1: no, and it's we not. we it for granted.
0: No, it's not. In, in ways that, uh, as a parent, are terrifying to me. Uh, What's the matter with you? And, and, and I, I am prepared to work with anybody. It's not my fault. Including uh, responsible uh, sportsmen and, and, and gun Look, owners. I'm being reasonable have to craft here. To some, some solutions, but right now. It's not my fault. Uh, it's, it's not even possible to get uh, even the mildest yeah. uh, restrictions through Congress. Yeah. And, and that's uh, we should be ashamed of that. You should be ashamed of that.
2: All right. Uh, where, where is uh, Obama from? Isn't he from Chicago? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, can you show them my screen for sure, a moment here? A, you go. Uh, let me take a look at the crime rate here. This is the crime rate for Chicago. Oh, funny. Funny, I have a clip that matches just that. In terms of (laughs) mass
19: shootings, incidents in which four or more people are killed, criminologists say in actuality, since the 70s, the number's been fairly constant. There's been no large uptick, no matter what it seems. It seems these high-profile cases get all of the attention, but in fact, Scott's street gun crimes kill many more people.
2: So following 1992, uh, this is from the, the Book of Knowledge, as they say, Wikipedia, Following 92, the murder count slowly decreased to 641 in 99. In 2002, Chicago had fewer number of murders, but significantly higher murder rate than New York or Los Angeles. You don't see Obama from his home city of Chicago. Well, actually, I know his his home area of Chicago. You know he represented kind in of from Hawaii, really. Yeah, I know, but but the murder rate in Chicago is high. It's pretty high. Yeah. But, but it's, it's handgun violence, right? Yeah, right. But th- the thing is, he's he's going off saying, you know, this is becoming a trend. Yeah, this that's is- just black people dying, Chase.
1: Apparently, and oh, apparently that doesn't geez. matter. It only matters when we go and shoot up white people, I guess. Oh man, that seems to be the only time it goes on the news. I can't I can't figure out what it is.
2: In every city, major major city in America, there is a crime rate. There is murders that happen. There's a murder that happens. Let let me guess, Chris. Every day in America, <laughs> you think maybe one or two, maybe okay. <laughs> but you don't see the president coming out against murder. But these kind of high profile cases, when they can, when the president, and it doesn't matter who the president is, any president, right. They do. You never waste a disaster. You never waste right. a moment. Yeah. To push their agenda. and you know, Left or right, it doesn't is, matter. This
1: is also a distraction a bit from some of the other things that yeah, are going on. But some real things. It's It's also very sad that it keeps happening. And it. The, we are not addressing the fundamental cultural issues that do encourage this kind of thing for happening. And I, I also, I do begin to suspect part of it is... These guys no longer just get local coverage or even national coverage. They get worldwide coverage. I had clips from the BBC about these shootings. I mean, it's all—CBC, it's all over the world. These guys become world-freaking-famous. There are a few things besides leaking a sex tape that get you this much attention in the whole world stage.
2: Chris, you know what we really need to be talking about? We need to be talking about our awesome veterans who went overseas, who— basically gave up their lives to fight for our country and fight for freedoms, and then come back home. Fight for freedom, Jay! They come back home, you know, they've they've done their time, and now they need medical attention, and then they they say, all right, I need to set my appointment, and then they wait three effing months before oh, they least. get any, or, or longer, depending on the area of the, uh, the U.S., to get any kind of their first appointment. Like, over 50,000 veterans didn't have their first appointment for over three months. But instead of the 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 president coming out and being very stern about that, he takes yes, I know a tragedy that occurs in Nevada and blows it up. Well I mean I don't know. I mean I don't know if I can I don't know if I'd agree it's being I don't know if he's blowing it up. No, but I mean he, he he's he's definitely a, taking advantage of yeah, it. Yeah, he's at a Tumblr talk mm-hmm. and instead of taking the question, you know, obviously the was a question planted. I doubt it. You know, probably someone just popped it out there, I guess. But I mean, those are the... Uh, the big push
1: now just, is really uh, about the ammo. They really want to yeah. try to reduce the ammo. Uh, and I just, I, I don't... I mean, there, the, the other thing is, you know what else we have a lot of but we don't get a lot of coverage of is stabbings. I mean, there's a lot of stabbings that happen too. I It's, it, there's, there's, I don't know. It, you can't stop people from killing each other. It no. Unfortunately, it seems to be...
2: And there are going to be some people that are just a little whacked or they're going to be, you know, very passion. I mean, they're passionate yeah. to a point where they're willing to kill for it. Right. I mean, we we saw what happened here in our backyard you know at seattle pacific university we Mm -hmm. saw what what happened there Mm -hmm. where a a guy that was just i mean he wrote a a detailed journal about what he wanted to do and you know just because he had access to a gun or had a gun doesn't doesn't make anything
1: yeah and i i I guess you know at the end of the day we here we are and uh, is anything going to change i don't know i what i feel like it is is i feel like it's particularly nastier because it's the 2016 election cycle it's it's Politics are involved now. There's also an interesting sexism angle that was really starting to build until this couple came along. Right before this latest shooting, it was these mass murderers are an act of misogyny. And that was starting to gain traction. These are an act of misogyny. But now you had a couple shooting. And so now it's not so much an act of misogyny that sort of changed. Now it's a anti-government attack. It's it's people who are against the state are doing these kinds of things. It's the far right, and, and people like Alex Jones are encouraging them to take shots. And maybe guys like Alex Jones do encourage crazy people. I don't know. But I think when we start talking about restricting speech and restricting what people are allowed to think about, it starts to talk, sound a lot like McCarthyism. It starts to sound a lot like the Red Scare. And what was the worst about the Red Scare is happening all over again for things that really, you just heard the clip, haven't really changed since the 1970s. Yeah. Unfortunately, as, as disgusting as that is. Should we end on a high note, Chase?
2: We always do, Chris. We always do.
1: You heard you know, I called it. I mean I called this one. I said when you when did. weed starts to go legal, what you're gonna have issues with isn't the smoking, isn't the bongs, it isn't the joints, it's gonna be the edibles. And of course, see, we thankfully, we have been so fortunate that for all these years children have never gotten their hands on pills or cigarettes or booze, but now that weed is in food. The only way to keep kids away is to scare them. So this dad decides, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make a video proving how scary it is for children. So he takes candy and says, you see these candy, kids? This might be pot.
12: Hershey's is suing a Colorado pot company for selling weed-laced candy that looks like their candy bars. Hershey's says these are knockoffs of their popular treats. They fear that marijuana edibles could get into the hands of kids. We talked to one dad who decided to see if his kids' kids could tell the difference.
7: So
1: like, His kids so get mixed up with M and that's it. That- so the dad takes M and M's and he mixes them up. He says, "Can you tell which ones kid? Which ones are weed and which one are M and M's?" As if it's the kid's responsibility to keep the weed M and M's separated from it's the regular. It's the parents' responsibility. Right, yeah, kids. Are you able to make this determination? Uh, you know what? You
2: know what I think it is. He's trying to set up like, what if a stranger came up to you yeah. and wanted to give you, candy? "Hey kids, you want some cannabis candy?" You want, you want- is it a, does it come in a white van that says candy on the <laughs> with side? With music playing yeah. with, a, with a
1: green leaf on top? Oh, that's dude. it.
17: That's the problem. You get confused. You might grab something that's wrapped like that that is actually an edible, and you could consume it and be sick.
12: Lesson learned there. According to Children's Hospital in Denver, yeah. eight kids went to the ER last year for eating marijuana edibles. Eight. This year, they've already seen ten.
1: Oh my goodness! Wow, wait, eight <laughs> last year. Now we're up two more. And how are ten. how are those kids? Oh, they're absolutely fine. Hey, oh, hey, okay. By
2: the way, by the way, Chris, how many yeah. kids probably drink bleach every year? Oh, in geez, Colorado? Yeah. Boy, I
1: didn't even think of that. Like
2: poison control,
1: or I was just thinking getting their hands on brandy or eating a pack of cigarettes. I mean, no. I was-
2: but let's focus on the eight or ten. Okay. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Doesn't make any sense to me. No, it doesn't either.
1: Uh, all right. Now, this one you caught, and yep. it's got us fired up. If you want to
2: be a gun owner, if you want to own a gun, you better not light up. I'm su- um, by the way, I'm surprised, by the way, that this didn't occur. This hasn't come up in uh, Colorado. I haven't heard any kind of the story popping up in Colorado. We
1: did hear this come up uh, earlier here in the state, but now it's actually taken into effect. Yeah.
4: With legal recreational marijuana sales expected to begin next month, gun owners who use pot are facing a dilemma.
20: If they admit to using pot, they'll face trouble with the law. And as Goal Force Matt Markovich reports, the dilemma has law abiding citizens and the police caught in the middle.
2: I like this lady, by the way. In Washington state, adults can have pot and a
8: gun. But putting them together brings trouble. Bobby Joe Floyd knows that all too well. In Richland, Washington, a city of 51,000, people know Bobby Joe.
18: I have probably married 2,000 people in what? this town. Oh. I'm an officiant.
8: She's also a known medical marijuana user, you use mixing the her medicine into shakes rather than oh, smoking it. Smoke. I'm a
18: Republican, and I believe in my guns.
8: <laughs> she went to the Richland police station to apply <laughs> so for cool. a concealed pistol license and came face-to-face with question number five on the application. Are you an unlawful user of... Or
2: addicted to marijuana.
1: Now that's a hell of a question. Are you an unlawful? They uh, have. Now, you... By the
2: way, that that question is on the official uh, right state of Washington Department of right. Licensing application.
1: That sounds like have you stopped beating your wife? Kind of a question.
2: Well, and she asked.
1: Okay, me I'm going to listen to, to it again. I'm going to play it again. Have you, stopped... <laughs> <laughs> have you stopped beating your wife? Typically, Recently, please
8: don't ask for that, but with nothing to hide, Bobby Joe complied. Okay. A few yeah. weeks later, she got her application back.
5: We denied her CPL.
8: It was denied uh, that's by Richland.
2: So, so she answered, yes, I am addicted, then? No, no, she answered, no, no, we, you, you, we missed it. Oh, should we I talking. play it back? Do you want me to yeah. Okay. So, so basically what happened was, uh, during the, the course of the application, the clerk at the police department recognized her. Oh, and she said, said you're a pot smoker. Yeah, can, I need a copy of your certification for having marijuana. Yeah. And she said, well, I have nothing to hide. Here, Here it go. is. And, and then the chief gotcha. got the application, and th- gotcha. that's, then he has got it. Gotcha, on. okay, okay.
8: With nothing to hide, Bobby Joe complied. A few weeks later, she got her application back.
5: We denied her CPL.
8: It was Um, denied by Richland Police Chief Chris Skinner because he knows Bobby Joe uses pot. And here's where it gets interesting. Would she have been given a CPL had you not known that she was a medical marijuana? Absolutely. And I was incredibly angry. Angry because she would have gotten a CPL if she kept her marijuana use a secret. Washington has legalized marijuana, but the other Washington in D.C. has not. As a law
5: enforcement organization, you, you, are, you are bound by both state and federal law.
8: Since 1970, marijuana has been a Schedule One controlled substance, the worst of the worst, which means people with pot can't have guns, even in states where pot is legal.
5: That really put us in kind of a bind for the first time, um, trying to make a determination as to whether or not We in good conscience could issue a CPL to somebody
20: (laughs) knowing that potentially it was going to be in violation of federal law. I sympathize with the police chief
11: because he's really between the legal rock and the legal hard plays here.
8: Dave Workman is an outspoken supporter of the Second Amendment, which gives all Americans the right to keep and bear arms. He doesn't know who's right.
11: In my mind, some people didn't think this through.
8: Oh, I think they did. Even the usually vocal National Rifle Association has not weighed in on the issue of legal pot and guns.
11: Clearly,
5: it's, it, there, there's a conflict there, and it's been very, very difficult to identify uh, which way to go. Them
8: but the chief may need to look at weapons Cynthia weapons Willis, an Oregon medical marijuana user up? and owner of a concealed weapons license. Oh. Issued at the direction of the Court of Appeals, not too many people have that. No,
18: I'm very proud of that as a matter of
8: fact. Just like Bobby Joe, her local sheriff denied her a CWL. She fought it in the courts all the way to the Court of Appeals and won every decision.
15: I was not a criminal that I met all of the conditions uh, to have a concealed weapons license.
8: But despite her victories, she's still afraid to answer another simple question. Do you own a gun? Is that a hard question to answer?
15: Uh, yes, it is.
18: And uh,
8: you afraid to answer that?
18: Frankly, yes.
8: Even though she won the right to have a concealed weapons license, she fears the police and the feds can come after her if she admits to owning a gun. That's the threat that every medical marijuana patient who owns a gun is facing, isn't it? Yes, it it is. What advice do you have for a recreational user who owns a gun? What should they admit to?
15: Nothing.
18: Keep it to yourself.
8: It's a question every marijuana-using, gun-owning adult in Washington must answer. Pots legal. Guns are legal but it may take a court to decide if you can have one with the other. In Richland, Matt Markovich, Como 4 News. Yeah, in our state— There is a
9: movement to— Thanks, Matt.
2: Yeah, in our state, basically the way it works is you apply for your concealed weapons permit, and then that application goes usually to the local municipality's police department. So for her, it went to that police chief. It doesn't go to the state. Basically, it goes to the chief. They they do a background check, and then they approve. Um, And so that's what happened. Uh, hmm. I don't uh, I know some people it's one of those things where she was being honest on her application I don't fault her for that at all I mean the only reason why by the way she got caught is because someone recognized her in the police department otherwise it would never have came up
1: ain't hey, that that bitch that gets stoned all the time
2: <laughs> and that's how it happened. Well, actually. Well, everybody knew her because she married a lot of people in town. She's
1: like, "Hey, y'all! Thanks for coming here and getting married. Here's the complimentary pot brownies."
2: But I mean, the federal government—this hey, is where I get confused, Chris. I mean, first off, the federal government said, "All right, fine. We're not going to come after you guys in Colorado or Washington State. Mm-hmm. You guys are free to do it. Go for mm-hmm, it." Mm-hmm. But then this gun issue pops up where it's illegal under federal law to have it because it's a schedule. I I think I think it's
1: I think, you know, the the law enforcement side of our government inherently uh, is trying to push back in every way they can against this because this is going to cut into their budgets in a major way. And if they can do anything to make the the gun owners out there or the marijuana smokers out their lives a little more difficult, that's really what's the incentive not to. Right. Can you name one incentive not to? Because no. I can't.
2: No, I can't either.
1: There's, there's all the incentives are stacked to got, cause those people heartburn.
2: And, and to be fair, I think the the chief didn't want to deny it either. I, I, from from his explanation, he was saying, well, under federal law, right now, it is illegal. I cannot approve this because I knew that she has mer- medical marijuana. So. W- are, are
1: law, are law enforcement state agents or are they agents of the federal government? Are they FBI agents or are they state police well, enforcement see, the
2: agents? The thing is I don't know how the legality of concealed weapons permits are, are is handled. Is that a federal thing or is that a state thing? I, that I don't know. I, I just – I'm not educated in that See, arena. to me, yeah, it seems like it would be a state thing. Right. That's what I would figure too yeah. – uh, you know, one good—I'll talk to my one of my one of my friends about that because I know, for example, depending, you have to like if you're a concealed weapons permit person mm-hmm. and you're visiting, say, Idaho mm-hmm. or Nevada mm-hmm. or Utah, whatever, mm-hmm. you have to comply with their right. permit process. It's, per, it's by state, right? Yeah. Now, most states, depending on the state, will honor the permit that you have. Yeah. Depending, but not all do. No. So, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. It is very odd, and uh, I, I, it's. It's one of these things
1: too, where if you go back through history, one of the most interesting dynamics that's played out in the U.S. history is the state versus federal, and how key in some in some pivotal instances of history that that tra- that um, decentralization of power has been. And I think it continues
2: now in our in our modern era. It's playing out in, with this particular issue in a big yeah. way. Well, I mean, and now that it's legal in Washington State, this decision, I, I really hope. She, she f- appeals this. I really hope she appeals it like the other lady. And we actually get a federal decision on this. Well,
1: what do you always say, though, Chase? Because you know what's going to drive this. <laughs> Show
3: me, Show the, me money! the money!
1: <laughs> and I think that's what will decide this finally. And, of course, we've talked about it. But here it is. CBS covers it. Colorado! is booming.
20: Colorado has a new cash crop. Ah! New figures Ah! show that the state has been raking in profits since January when it became the first in the nation to legalize the sale of marijuana for recreational use. Barry Peterson is there. This green gave the state of Colorado a lot of that other green, tax dollars. April set a record with 3.5 million in taxes for recreational use. Add in sales taxes from lower-taxed medical marijuana, and so far this year, the state has banked nearly $18 million.
10: The light's on 24 hours a day here.
20: We met Sally Vanderveer at the Medicine Man Pot Shop, where customers spend
1: $16 for a recreational joint. Holy
20: shit! As the
10: stigma of marijuana use goes away, we're going to continue to see more and more customers.
1: You know, I don't know about this. $16 for a joint is ridiculous. I mean, uh... uh, I mean that if you ha- if you price it that that's almost locking in a black market. That seems really high.
10: Come in. More
20: money for the state.
10: More money for the state.
1: One big
20: sales boost: the marijuana celebration on April 20th that drew an Four estimated 80,000 people to downtown Denver. Here I got this farmer's Kush. Along with the big bucks, have come some big problems, like 10 toddlers so far this year overdosing on edible marijuana products. And from January through May, the Colorado State Patrol handed out 289 tickets to people driving under the
1: influence of marijuana. Cha-ching. I mean, I like how they talk about that like it's a bad thing, but I get you bet your ass that's because they've doubled down on patrols and because they're making more money that way. Yep. And they talk about it like it's a bad thing, but they're loving it.
20: Huh? That's over 12% of all traffic citations involving drugs and alcohol. Part of Colorado's sales tax boost comes from marijuana tourism that may be as much as a third of sales.
10: Colorado's always been a fantastic place to come visit. We have so much to offer and now marijuana is just one more reason to come to Colorado.
20: The tax money is supposed to be spent on schools, but some of it may be earmarked to hire more people to regulate this booming business and, Scott, more cops to arrest those driving under the influence. More bureaucracy. Just one more reason. Barry, thank you very much.
11: Uh-huh. Thank you very much. Uh, I one should more head reason. over to Colorado.
1: Could you grab me a brownie while you're that there? That would be nice. I'm Scott Pelley. <laughs> <laughs> Is like, come on, Scott. Come on, buddy. I don't know, Chase. I, I guess I'm a bit of a skeptical guy these days. I just hear this kind of stuff, and I think, okay, so the cops are making more money. Yeah. They're going to hire more bureaucrats with yeah. this money, yeah. uh, the regulation. Yeah. The cops are doing more citations. Yeah, but Although, they've also said the crime rate's gone down too, right? Right. And did you notice, It's they said, uh, you got to really be careful the way, you really got to watch the way CBS words their evening reports, because what they said was- 12% of the alcohol and drug-related stops are marijuana-related. Not 12% of all stops, but all stops that involve alcohol or drugs, 12% of those were pot-related. So, let's, If you think let's, about it, that's not very much. No,
2: so flip it around, that's 80... My math's not good. What was it, 14? 12? 12%, So
1: Jeez. 88% are alcohol-related. Or something. Or
2: something probably else. Probably alcohol,
1: yes. Yeah. 88%. But <laughs> yeah, so it's, yeah. Let's twist the numbers! Right? But if you flip it around, well, 12% of the uh, oh, traffic yeah. stops are oh, related dude, is, to drug and alcohol, oh. we're cannabis related. That is actually amazingly low. If you think about the fact this is a booming industry making lots of money with tourism coming from all over the country driving around on their streets.
2: But we've seen it here in Washington State where the media is so quick to jump on the fact that when there's any kind of marijuana related accident mm. or explosion or anything where it, right now it's so in the minority of numbers, but they want to ma- you know magnify it so much Because of the... of this hidden agenda, agenda or yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah,
1: It feels like there's one. I mean, it's hard yeah. to nail down exactly, but yep. there you go. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we will wrap it up here. There's lots more in the supporters' sync. We have an overtime folder with additional clips that go in even more depth and all kinds of stuff from the supporters' show. Please, please go over to patreon.com slash unfilter. Become an unfilter patron of $5 or more, and you get access to all of that stuff, more show, supporter show, source files, yep, all of
2: it. All of it, yeah. Now, another way that you can contribute into the show is our unfiltered subreddit right there? Unfiltered.reddit.com. Now, Chris, unfortunately, Uh-oh, oh, what is it, Chase? Well, you know, we have a red book prediction, and I, I, I might just stop doing it because I don't think we hit the goal.
1: Are you? Or maybe we've tapped out the potential Reddit audience. I think so because I
2: think my prediction, my prediction was one three three three. Yeah, yeah. And uh, unfortunately, we are too short. Really? So, really? Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, actually, actually, I'm sorry. It was thirteen thirteen. Are you sure? Oh no, that was not That was ninety nine. You're um, right. You're right. I was yeah. I was one page back in the Red Book.
2: So I'm going to cease you the production. Go, really? Yeah,
1: I'm going to end it. Break new at 101. Break a new, Chase. That's what I say. Yeah, break a new. So anew. if people wanted to help, though, they could go to unfiltered.reddit.com. You can help shape the content. We fit in this show. Gives us an idea of what you guys like to hear. And you can also chime in on what you think the real deal is with stories over there.
2: That's right. Now, Chris, during the course of a week, uh, you tweet out, a lot of great things that are happening. Hey-o. For example, you retweeted that Batmobile is best friend in Batman, Arkham Knight. Yeah. I've been
1: I've been watching all the E three coverage on Twitter. I know, isn't that great? It is pretty cool. Yeah, Twitter.com slash
2: Chris L A S, Mr. Nice.
1: Nunes. What about you? Are you are you on
2: Twitter? Chase? I'm on Twitter, yeah. Uh, at Nunes N U N E S and by nice. the way. Did you notice I changed the description there? I put a little mention of with you there. Look at that. I
1: didn't notice that. Yeah, That's just
2: for nice. you, just That's for nice. you, buddy. I host shows with Chris Les too.
1: Now, do you uh, happen to do anything like related to Minecraft or other types of geek and gaming related Boom, things?
2: Bob's your uncle. <laughs> nice geekgamer.tv. That's right. And by the way, look at this. Chase is switching to Linux. <laughs> It's, it's it's at the bottom of the pitch. Hold on, I don't think anybody go, can see it. Hold on, go watch that. Go watch how, how to it up Linux just a little bit. You could go see it yourself. You'll, with you'll see Linux. it on the screen. How, how, how to Linux? How to Linux? Linux. Yeah,
1: just say right. it a couple times. That's and right. Get
2: it. We do the show Wednesday evenings. We, that's we true. start. We start about what 630-ish, yeah, six thirty ish. Today. Six? Today, to be honest with you, we started like around five thirty. Yeah. So make sure you're here on Jupiter Broadcasting, jblive.tv every Wednesday starting about five thirty. You get to hang out in our
1: chat room, help us name the show, and not only that, you get to interact with us in real time as we do the show and give us feedback. I love
2: that. I love that at all. We love you guys too, all your patrons. Thank you so much for supporting the show. I think that's it, Chris.
1: I think we're all done, Chase. We'll get out of here. We'd love to see you guys live, and always send us your feedback. JupiterBroadcasting dot slash contact.
2: And until next time, we'll see you right back here next, next week. week! All right, we go, Chase. You know, silent dancing is weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: That's right, because you didn't have headphones on.
2: That's
3: right. <laughs> uh,
1: jbtotles.com, everybody. Let's go boat. Boat. Heavy shows. The shooting shows are not the best. No,
2: they're not. It's tough. Yeah. It is so tough. Yeah,
1: it's like, who wants to talk about that? Marijuana cutting. Natural Born Idiots. That's not bad. Natural Born Idiots isn't bad. That's not bad. You don't like that? Natural born idiots? Because they they were idiots.
2: Yeah, but what is? The shooters. Right, but we don't have, that's not in the title. Well, so. I know, but
1: isn't that kind of like the little, hey, oh, natural, yeah. everybody knows natural born killers, right? Yeah, maybe not. Shooting from the right. Wow. Ooh. You can turn the fan on if you want. Yeah. Because getting a woman here. All the naysayers are to blame. We're all terrorists. Ooh, yikes. Ooh, that's heavy. JbTitles.com, everybody. Crapshoot Nevada. Crap Nevada. Wow, Chase. Wow, it's cold, man. Guns gone wild. Faces of hate. Ch- that's not plugged in. That's just to hold the thing. Uh, oh, it might be plugged in actually. I had plugged in for a little while. Uh. So, yeah, the, you know, Brad, I was a Bart who, I, I, I don't know, maybe $15, $16 isn't expensive for a joint. Uh, to me, it seems expensive for something you're going to put in your mouth and burn in five, 10 minutes. seems kind of expensive. You know? Uh, if you can buy it off the black market, if you could get five of them for 15 bucks on the black market, you know what I mean? I don't know what you, I don't know, but it's probably something close to that.
2: Oh, James. Oh, James.
1: JBTitles.com. So
2: don't forget, you guys, we're less than a week uh, for shirts. So make sure. You grab it if you want one. Th- this is one of those things w- that may never happen again. <laughs> Especially it's, if it doesn't go very well. Right. So, <laughs> so teespring.com slash unfilter100 if you want to get an awesome, awesome shirt and show it around people. And people will like. be what's that unfilter? You
1: know, we should have plugged the fact that you are on Tech Talk today all week.
2: Oh. We should have mentioned that. Yeah. By the way, you guys, I've been on Tech Talk today all week. Well, this is uh, tomorrow's the last day. Yeah. Well, maybe.
1: Oh yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Natural born idiots. Hey, I'm a
2: tease too, buddy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Natural born idiots is pulling ahead. Chase. Marijuana Kaching at number two. Shooting from the right at number three with only two boats though. It's a pretty big gap. We need some vote. We need some votes over JBtitles.com. JB and last chance—you still there's still a chance to get a suggestion and and rock it to the top too. If you got a good name, the crowd tends to jump on a good one if it comes in at the last minute. So you still have a chance to be a, a hero for episode 101 of your unfiltered program.
11: 101.
1: Hot, good guns, bad. Uh, I don't think we were anti anything really I mean uh, you know the the gun debate I don't even think we really even bothered getting into the that aspect of it Shooting range America That's kind of sad too These are all sad Natural born idiots is winning Chase You got anything else you like better?
2: Uh, No that will work
1: Oh, now look, at he changes his tune.
2: No, I wow. mean, I, I, you know, I just, I don't, I'm, I'm afraid to, you know, if someone glanced at the title, they may not know exactly what we're referring to, that's all. Then that's, again,
1: the internet likes a little snark.
2: That's true. They like snark, snark. Snarky, snark, snark. You Snarky. know,
1: it's too bad that these guys always end up dying. I'd sure like to see them get what's coming to them.
2: Snarky, snark, snark. You know,
1: the, the whole suicide or getting killed by the cops seems like the easy way out to me. nice if people have the nuts to stick around true and face up to the music shooting bias you like shooting bias
2: shooting bias yeah no I like the first one better over that one
1: thing I like about natural born idiots is it puts the responsibility and onus on the shooters true doesn't really make light of the situation but it says they're the ones responsible Right-wing assassins. Wow. If we did that, people would say we're Obama lovers or something. It's it's funny. You know, the other day somebody called us the Tea Party Tea Party guys again. It's just we're just all over the map. We just can't win. Suicide by cop. Yeah. Natural-born idiots, I think it is. I think it is that. I think that's where we're going to go. All right, guys, we're going to wrap up, so that way we get out of here at a reasonable time to make it back for Tech Talk today in the morning.
2: In the morning. That's oh. right. So, you guys, yeah, all week I've been uh, – been talking uh, gaming and tech daily news with uh, Mr. Chris Fisher and the members of the Mumble. Mm-hmm. And it's been fun.
1: I suppose so, Eric. Yeah, it has been a lot of fun. Yeah, that's true, Brett. That's a good point. All right. I think we're all done then.
2: All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Have a great rest of the week. and uh, We'll leave you
1: with a little music and then uh, bring up some reruns for you guys. And right we,
2: we know the music that we always play. Oh, yeah. you. Want- oh, yeah. I should, huh? Yeah, you I should. should yeah do that. That's it's a good call, Chase. It's yep. a good call. We, we.
1: All right, guys. We're going to get out of here. Thank you very much for joining us, and uh, don't forget
2: teespring.com slash unfilter100. That's a good Break call. Break it That's down. A good call. All right, everybody. We love your faces. See you next week for 102.